Hey there, I'm Amanda Marcotte and this is How to Be a Badass-ish. The truth is, we're all badasses, we just forget. Because we also forget that we're human and sometimes we fall on our face. Join me in celebrating all life's failures because ultimately, that's the only way we grow. Okay, hey everybody, it's Amanda again, and I am so excited that today I have the astounding, like super badass, Dr. Anita Jackson. She is the founder and CEO of a multitude of things, Unlimited Woman Alliance, Her Global Voice, and AMJ Productions and Publications. And not just that, but I got to read your little story that you sent to me because this is just, just this is, is where you know this is going to be one hell of a juicy, awesome conversation. Okay. So her professional background is impressive, but her journey in life has been transformational to say the least. She says with its ups, downs, losses, pain, profound struggles, and deep divine revelations that have helped her heal into her higher self as an unlimited woman, CEO, number one best-selling author 12 times over, executive producer of two online radio shows and two television shows, and so much more. She says, but more specifically, her story has abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, ADHD, depression, suicide, and a whole multitude of other stuff. She says, now her story is to help women move from the disempowering belief system of I'm not enough to the life-changing, empowering truth of I am enough and unlimited in life, business, wealth, and so much more. Damn. Okay, let's do this. Because seriously, I, I just have to straight up ask this question more than anything else because I have a feeling this is going to launch so many amazing <laughs> tangents and just explain how you got to this amazing like beyond comprehensible badass right now wasn't easy <laughs> wasn't easy yeah so so what do you feel like was your biggest failure in either business or life and like mm. what did you learn from it like where what was the catalyst to get you to go i am done with the bullshit cuz yeah. <laughs> you know Amanda i have to admit that's a really powerful question. I want to first start off and say I'm so honored to be here that you're making such a huge impact in the lives of others through your podcast and through your services. I'm, I'm deeply honored that we got a chance to connect last year and that now here I am on your show as we change lives of men and women around the world. So oh, yeah. <laughs> two snaps in a circle. Come on now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And before you answer really quick, I'm going to, I'm going to tell people where we met, you were, you were like across the aisle. I happenstance randomly ran into the owner of this amazing organization. Like I was the loner weirdo that showed up and didn't want to sit by myself. And so I found these two blondes sitting in the front seat. I remember. And they're like, you should totally come to our event. And I figured, what the hell, why not? And it was unbelievably life altering in so yeah. many ways. And just the energy in that room was powerful in a way that I cannot really verbalize. That's right. But 
not just that, the speakers that were there and you are included in that list of people that just commanded that stage and oh, oh God, guys, like buckle in, get some tissues ready, like all kinds of things for this podcast because just, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. No, there shouldn't be any pressure because you, you seriously, like one of the reasons I was drawn to you is just because of what you were saying on that stage alone is, is what you do for women just at its core. Like before people even really hear your story, they can, they can just hear that synopsis again and that little snippet that you gave me and go, holy crap. Like this is a woman that needs to be listened to. Because you came to, that was the September event, correct? Yes. September, okay. 2019. Yes. Yeah, so, so September was a very, pivotal um, existential crisis moment because on the way to that speaking opportunity, if you'll remember the story, um, I had two major tire blowouts on my car um, while I was driving on the five freeway, which is through the grapevine, which is a 22 mile drive. And there's really no safe place to be when you have um, two, back, two of your back tires blow out hugely on the freeway that you're having semi trucks and all these kinds of cars trying to get out of your way because your car is swerving and then you get over to the corner and you're sitting in the emergency lane and it's a very thin little lane and you're sitting in your car right next to where all the semi trucks are moving as fast as they are and it's funny because when you're driving past them they don't seem like they're moving that fast mm -hmm. but when you're sitting still in that tiny little emergency lane those cars are whistling by you so fast and your car is vibrating it's moving it's shaking and you're looking through your rear view mirror thinking if that truck doesn't see me it's going to hit me and i'm going to go off the embankment and i'm going to die oh yeah so it's totally a calm situation like there's no no stress <laughs> Actually, it was funny because when i was on the call with um um, at that time, I was calling Geico, my insurance company, and I was calling AAA. I'm not AAA, the police department to come and kind of be there with me. Um, I'm not a crying woman, but during that time, I had my sunroof open, I had my windows down, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what just happened here? Yeah. I don't understand this. And I share that with you because one of the things that I've learned over the years, you know, I have a background, I don't think you mentioned this, but I do have a background as a marriage and family therapist, so a psychotherapist for 25 years. Um, and then within the 20, I still use my, you know, expertise in my formal training. And then I'm also an organizational psychologist. So I have the formal training of personal success mastery development and business entrepreneurial success mastery development. Oh so, <laughs> yeah, so, you, so you like I, epically know your shit is what you're saying. I, I was bored. I didn't know what to do with my life. So I just kept going to school. Oh and my there's, God. A lot, there's a lot of stories around that one too. But I, what I want people to hear is that when we have those crazy out of left field existential crisis, something turns your world upside down. Something kind of knocks you across the head, that little two by four that's trying to get your attention. It's because you're massively going into your next level. And there is something that you need to learn as you're entering into that next level. So for me, what I had to learn was how much I had actually lost myself in the doing 
I'm doing all of my degrees. I have five degrees after my name. I was bored. Like I said, I have an AA, BA, two masters and a doctorate. I was bored. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't intend that, to be honest with you. I did not intend that. That was not my, my desire. I did not pursue school. School found me. Mm -hmm. My original dream and desire was I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to have my own. I wanted to be a cosmetologist and have my own um, shop. And I wanted to be a pastor's wife. That was it. I had no other bigger dreams whatsoever. I wanted something wow. calm, cool, and collective. But I had a lot of opportunities kept coming my way. I tend to attract them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a part of my own makeup, if you will. And so I, I've had a lot of existential crises to awaken me, if you will, to who I really am. And I think when we've lived our life based on someone else's expectations, someone else's um, requirements, someone else's rules, you lose yourself. And yeah. I yeah. me. And I had to go through the existential crisis to find me. I love that. I love that because... I, that's what happened with me at the beginning of 2019, very end of 2018. And I've talked about it a lot on my podcast, like basically, and I call it when the universe like roundhouse kicks you to the face, yeah. right? Because it's yeah. when literally every effing thing in your life is just imploding and yes. you're just like, what is happening? Yes. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, if you keep going on the path that you're going, it will not work period absolutely not at all and it's like the, the, it's like god source spirit the universe says we're, we've given you a lot of grace and we've given you a lot of time but your time is up yeah. and so since you're not listening and we've been trying to give you these warnings along the way and you're still not paying attention then we're just going to lovingly come along and turn your world up down so that you go what the hell how did i get how did i go from being very successful having a mid high six-figure business to over here dealing with struggles and dealing with homelessness and dealing with all of these other issues that you never dreamed of mm -hmm. and you realize well to some degree they had to happen i have to take some responsibility the part that i played whether conscious or unconscious I played a part in that. Yeah. And so when you finally take 100% responsibility for it, things start to shift. And sometimes still crazy stuff happens. Like yesterday was a crazy day for me. The day when I, I actually woke up and said, I'm done. <laughs> I don't give a rat's patootie about nobody. I'm out. Yeah. And then I get a notice like, oh, you haven't been interviewed today. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> I can't get Son it. of a bitch. <laughs> But I say that because I think I want people to know that even when those of us who've accomplished quite a bit, those of us who are on this planet to do something big, you're going to have those moments when you really do want to give up. And when you want to give up and you want to just sit down, you want to just sit on the couch and, you know, eat bags and bags and bags of, you know, tortilla chips and salsa and guacamole and uh, margarita and Sprite. Those are, that's my go-to. Netflix <laughs> and obesity. That's what, that's what we want to do. No, 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 no. We're not going to call it obesity. I, I'm not going to say that. They're just facts. That can do that. But I That's where I go, though. I'm like, I am gladly gaining 57 pounds in this session right now because I am happy and I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> well, you go ahead with your bad self. I ain't joining you. <laughs> but um, when, when you're, you have those moments, 
I think that's when you have to slow down and reconnect to your purpose. Yeah. And reconnect to your why. Now, I have a very different belief system about what your purpose is compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Because I think for women specifically, who may be listening to this, um, so many of us have been convinced that our purpose is to serve others, that our purpose is about making everyone else happy. Yeah. Our purpose is about um, working really hard, doing the hustle, um, making everything perfect. And I actually don't think that's your purpose. Your purpose, from my humble perspective, and this is just the scientist in me that has observed and has worked with thousands of individuals in order to get licensed, we have to, there's 6,000 hours just to get licensed. Well, combine that with 27 years of work, I've worked with thousands of individuals. So you have no experience on this at all, is what you're saying? No, none. I I, I have no clue what I'm talking about (laughs) whatsoever. But what you observe is purpose I believe is when you have really connected to your higher self Mm -hmm. and you are clear about how you want to live your life and who you want to be. That's your number one purpose, your connection to God, source, spirit, your connection to yourself. And then from there, how you connect to other people. Your purpose is to live life and live it abundantly. Your purpose is to feel and be empowered. Your purpose is to experience the fullness of who God created you to be in life. Your calling is what you do. Your calling is the job that you've been placed on this planet to fulfill. And if we as women can separate the two, we probably won't be overwhelmed, anxious, tired, exhausted, frustrated, broke, busted, and disgusted. We got to get out of that. And it took me having to lose everything to understand that. That's amazing. That is, I love that so much because I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like you said yourself, you had this six figure successful thing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're, you lost everything. Like it's almost homelessness, like all of that stuff. And my husband and I actually had almost the exact same experience, right? Like, I mean, we were literally homeless at one point and when you're the the hard part is when you're literally in the midst of it like you sitting in your car screaming it's yeah. you just kind of go i i used to believe and it kind of breaks my heart now because uh to go along with this with us meeting at spark and what you do for women and building this community of support right when my husband and i went through that we did not have a support system and yeah. that's that's really important to note because for years I felt like God hated me. I actually would make yes. it as a joke. I'm like, oh, well, shit happens and we have no luck because God hates me. Like, I don't know what yeah. I did in another life. And right. it wasn't until, story. <laughs> right? And it wasn't until I, I literally said, you know what? I am, I'm done. I am done with the bullshit. I'm taking care of myself. I want to focus on me being happy and what I want and what brings me joy and what brings yes. me peace. Yes. All of a sudden I can look back. It's the Steve Jobs quote, right? You can't yes. connect the dots going forward. You can only connect them going backwards. If my husband had not lost his job and we had not become homeless and I couldn't work at the time because I unfortunately... I was going to school. I was blessed with one arm, which meant that the government paid for all of my schooling to a point. 
but I was locked into this plan where if I worked, meaning if I provided for my family, I would lose all of my student yeah. funding. Isn't that crazy? Right. So I like, couldn't what? help my husband at all if I wanted yeah. to get my degree, which I still believe the bullshit that you had to have a degree yeah. to be a a person of worth and uh, right uh, like degrees. <laughs> right like you yeah, yeah. anyway um but if he hadn't lost his job and i had been able to work and we had been able to keep the house then i wouldn't have my son and i mean that literally because we became homeless we found this family that had was empty nesters they literally lived in a five bedroom mansion and they were, they had none of their kids living with them anymore. So they had space. They were actually lonely because their adult children had all moved out. So we came in, we were welcomed into this family. And we, for the first time in our lives, actually saw a healthy representation of yeah. a family unit. Yeah. And at the worst, dumbest possible time, we have no place of our own. We're like, you know, what's a good idea. Let's get pregnant. Like, but it was, it was completely because we were surrounded by these people that we suddenly went, oh my God. This and you were safe. You were able to release some of the, the tension of worry and fear and doubt. And part of you were able to evolve and Absolutely. not, not to cut you off, but it's, it's fascinating to hear your story. And I'm very grateful that you're sharing it because I think women specifically don't talk about the hard times. No. We've there's a lot of shame behind it. There's a lot of guilt behind it. We, we, we've been convinced that we have to look pretty. And even me, when I was going through all of my challenges, I never told the story until probably around last year. The end of last year, I started to say, most of you guys look at me and think, sure, she's got it all together, not realizing that behind the scenes, you know, I'm dealing with a bout of homelessness. Yeah. And that it was the most powerful journey you could possibly ever go through because if anything's going to teach you what you believe it's losing everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the profound thing that actually happened. And I don't know if you feel this way. Um, now looking back on it, Jeremy and I will both actually say if it were to happen again, because the first time it happens, you're so conditioned that, Oh my God, your entire life is over because you've lost a bunch of shit, literal, crap right like physical things yeah. and now if it were to happen we have this running joke and we're only about maybe a quarter serious about it being a joke if we were to lose everything again we now know that we could we sell all survive. of our shit not only yeah. would we survive but we could sell our remaining shit and go live in thailand for three months and have a paradise vacation while we decompress and figure out what we're going to do with our lives and yeah. but yeah. people don't they they're it's like they're so they're so tunnel vision that they don't want to think outside the box because the outside the box is terrifying because well outside the box is not we haven't been trained to somewhere along the line i'll say it this way um our world education religion spirituality government all of these things have fed us information directly and indirectly to make us feel like the only thing you should do and or can do is live within that box. Yeah. It's the same thing. And the ones who broke out and are living the high life, the jet setting life, they, they're telling us that we can do it, but they're so far out now mm -hmm. that it's almost impossible to get there. So you have to have this journey. You have to have um, this environment, this community that's giving you both the opportunity to transform 
form of the story to, hey, Oh, stop. we got puppies. We got puppies. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't do that, so quite. Sorry about that. That's so silly, Mike. I've had Alexa go off. I've had the garbage truck. Whatever. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> I appreciate your grace because he rarely, rarely ever does that. So that's interesting. And I'm like, who's back there? <laughs> and this, you know, we're, we're convinced that we have to live a certain way. And I'm all for living the high life. I'm all for going after your higher, bigger dreams. I think the bigger the dream, the better. Only yeah. because it's going to stretch you. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help you mature. It's going to help you deal with your stuff. It's going to help you really see what you really desire or don't. So mm -hmm. I think bigger dreams are better. And I, I'm a, a big dream kind of person. Like the bigger it is, the better it is for me. Except when it gets too crazy and then I start thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole story. But um we, we've been convinced to play it safe somewhere along the line. Yeah, I don't believe we were designed for that. No. So I think, I think God's source spirit allows us to go through circumstances and situations to kind of upset the cart, if you will, so that we're no longer settling. I believe too many of us, especially women, have gotten comfortable in the discomfort yeah. We've gotten comfortable in the dysfunction. We've got comfortable in the disempowerment belief system of I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not whatever. And it, uh, we weren't designed for that. That's just no. not how I believe we were designed spiritually, physically, yeah, mentally, and emotionally. And it takes an existential crisis to kind of wake us up. I remember the first time I really heard God say to me, you're not being who we created you to be. Um, I was out in Hawaii walking through the um, Diamond Head volcano, and on the right-hand side, there was this beautiful clearing. It was a small, narrow little path going up to 170 foot, 187 foot waterfall. And so there were people coming down while we were going up. And so you're kind of in the jungle, you're hearing the water, you're hearing the birds, you're hearing the monkeys, you're hearing the jungle. Awesome. And over on the right-hand side, there was like, out of, all of a sudden this clearing, and in the midst of this clearing was one gorgeous tree. Kind of like, think of, um, what's that movie with the blue I'm people? immediately thinking Lion King, right? Like with the tree of life in uh, the middle? Yeah, you can see the tree, yeah, the tree okay. of life. Or okay. I'm thinking of, um, Avatar, that's the word. Oh, 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 God, the goddess tree. Oh, my, oh. Tree. Oh. It was this gorgeous big tree. It wasn't illuminating like that, but it was long, like a willow tree. Oh, gotcha. Staring at it and going, huh, in my mind, I said exactly what you said. It's like the tree of life. And instantly, as soon as I finish that sentence, I hear, Anita, you're not being the woman we created you to be. You're not being who we created you to be. And uh, there's a long story that, that comes with that whole experience. I have several of those divine out-of-body kind of experiences where I was told over and over and over again, you were created for something much bigger. All of my children were created for something much bigger, but we have been conditioned to believe that we can't. Mm -hmm. And so because we have believed a false truth and made it a truth, quote unquote, with you know my ear fingers in the air, um, I think many of us are frustrated and disappointed and dissatisfied and unfulfilled. And so I had to go through the journey of losing everything so that I can be broken and the real essence of Anita can come forward. So, and the, the real essence of Anita is she likes, she's a celebrity. 
She no. wants to. She doesn't need to be a, um, a, a Hollywood celebrity. That's what I'm trying to say. But I know I need to make an impact. That, yeah. that the very core of me, my calling, is to make an impact in the lives of others, particularly because we just need more women and we need more women of color who are really showing up at that higher level. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, oh my God, there's so much that I want to say about all of those things. And I really love that you are calling it your calling, not your purpose, because we have intertwined those as though they're the yes. same thing and they're not. They're not. They're because not. Again, we we strive so much for our purpose. What's our purpose in life? Your purpose is to live, to be yes. happy. It yes. is not to just work and lose weight and then pay bills That's and right. die. Like That's right. That's but, right. But I love how you say your purpose is to be happy and enjoy life and to and to fulfill who you are and your how you I, impact the world. Like I love this because I think if people really understood, I think God created you for a relationship with himself, herself, you, with your own individual self, loving you, believing in you, caring for you, respecting you, honoring you, accepting the good, the bad, the ugly, and giving all of it value. Not that it defines you, but it has a piece to play in your life, so it has value. And then from there, you can have relationship and intimacy with other people. That's your purpose. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And like your period, life. done, done, yeah, it's done. So if you're doing anything that's making you feel alive, that's making you feel um, joy and happiness and fulfillment and peace of mind, then that's your purpose, and you pass it on to your family, your community, and the world. Then and I have to interject here really quick too, because yes. the other misconception is that if you are sad or if you get angry, or if you have a shitty day, or if like in your case, you're stuck on the side of a two lane highway with two blown right. out tires, hoping that the speed train-esque of right. the semi-truck doesn't kill you, it's not in your purpose, but that's part of life too. Like yes. acknowledging that as a human, you have this entire range of emotions and these entire range of experiences, and they're all okay. They're all yes there because that is your journey they're necessary and the goal is you know we all say it we're spiritual beings in a human body having a human experience mm -hmm. and i've added on those human experiences often pull you away from the truth that as a spiritual being you are whole and complete mm -hmm. there's nothing something broken so if you can allow those experiences and look at them from the perspective of they're coming in my life they've been a part of my life to help me get back to the plot to the point that i'm okay mm -hmm. <laughs> i am enough i always have been i always will be and if i make that my truth mm -hmm. then the world then the universe will follow my lead it will follow that. my lead I love that. Oh my God. I love that so much. And especially, and of course I glow in the dark. So I definitely don't understand the, the, just the women of color thing. And one thing that I do know, and I'm probably going to start bawling right now is I want so desperately to be an advocate for the others, right? I am a straight white woman and I, I, don't, I never grew up in full-fledged poverty. I also was not a rich kid. So I'm like the average middle of the road person and being an advocate for 
the other, LBGTQ, the women yeah. of color, the, and it doesn't matter which color, it is black, yeah, white, yeah, right. yellow, orange, purple, green, right? Like all right. of them and in every aspect of that. And, and that is one thing with you're talking about the human experience, I think the more people start to accept their experience and accept like yes. that they are okay just because they exist. They are yes. important and they are needed for the simple fact that they are actually on this planet. Like yes. the more you accept that in yourself, the more you can find the empathy and the love towards those other people that, yes. and I, I have conversations with white people all the time that get really offended about the privilege. And I'm like, you do not, okay, go to the Webster definition <laughs> of privilege. And that is, that is the problem. You have to understand how to help other people, right? Like case in point, if we just go back. Well, what, well let's balance this out uh, yeah. just to make sure that we keep this balance because yeah. As much as I appreciate what you're saying, you know, and what you are advocating for, and I commend you for it, I want you to continue to do it, we also have to look at the other side. Mm -hmm. So even as an African-American, Mexican-American, Indian-American, whatever race that we may be outside of the Caucasian white race, or privilege, if you want to say, um, we are still responsible to take responsibility for the part that we play in not allowing ourselves to believe the lie or the, the misconceptions or the deceptions that, that others or labels that others have put on us. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have that experience because I have been very blessed. I was telling someone a couple days ago, so believe it or not, white men have gotten me through education probably more than any, any other race in my whole academic career. Okay, that's, that makes me happy. <laughs> They kept pulling me through. I remember when I was in my doctorate, I had two professors, no, three actually, who um, I kept wanting to quit. Like, I can't do this. I'm ADHD. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I, I had this I'm not good enough mentality even during my doctorate that mm -hmm. I can't do this at the level that everyone else is. And luckily, they both, all three of them helped me realize it's not that you can't do it any, it's that you think much deeper than most of these people in here. And <laughs> you, so you come up with a different perspective because I would give answers that, that related, but it was so deep that I would silence the room and the teacher would always come to me and say, that was fantastic. I'm like, nobody agreed with me. What are you talking <laughs> about? It was silent. It was crickets. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so it took a while for me to accept the fact that that's a part of my giftedness. And so I, I had to take responsibility, I'm taking responsibility for the part of, you know, yes, we do need more women showing up. We need more women of color showing up in a really bigger, bolder kind of way. But we also have to take responsibility for the part that we play in allowing ourselves to be seen and heard and and a part of the conversation and doing it from a place of confidence and not from a place of woundedness or entitlement or feeling belittled or betrayed or um, devalued or whatever other stuff that happens during that conversation because it's a two-sided coin. So they, in order for there to be wholeness, we have to integrate together. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. And I love that. Oh my God, I love that. I was to say, well, we, we've got our part to play too in this conversation. Um, we need the opportunity to have the conversation because I yeah. think sometimes we're not given the opportunity to say, I will take responsibility for the part that I play or I have something to say about, yes, this, uh, this sense of entitlement or this sense of disrespect or judgment or prejudice or whatever else the words are, mm -hmm. it does exist, but I can also rise above it. I, I can be, I can be, how do I want to say this? I, I think for me, 
I had such a belief system that everybody liked me that I got what I wanted on a regular basis. <laughs> it just opened Are up. Are you doors. a Virgo by chance? <laughs> I'm not actually. I'm a Scorpio, but I'm 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 a. I tell people this all the time. To be honest with you, I'm an introvert with great social skills. I love it. I, me I'm too. Me too. People don't people don't believe I'm an introvert, and I'm like, it has yeah. nothing to do with being shy. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like I, I could stay with myself forever and be happy as a lark, but I also, so I'm, I kind of sit right in that in between when I take any kind of test. I'm like one point on the extroverted side, mm -hmm. even though there's a good balance between the two, which means I can go either way. I can pretty much work in any kind of situation. I'm a little bit of a chameleon. I've had some tests tell me that you're a chameleon, you can fit anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, my, my mom said my father was the same way. He could talk to the, the richest man on the planet and talk to the bum on the street like it was no different. And yeah. people liked him that way. I'm like, well, I got that gift too. Thank, thank you. Well, but but at the core, at the core, there is no difference. Like yeah, those, right. those, they're still human. They still have experiences. And the yeah. only difference between the rich guy and the poor guy is the poor guy didn't believe in himself to pick himself back up, right? And like, it, and one of the things that you talked about with um, the empowerment piece, and just from the female standpoint. I, I was having a conversation with somebody where they were talking about how we need to stop apologizing. Stop apologizing to exist, right? Oh, I'm so sorry this happened. Like, I'm so sorry I need to. And, or like just walking into a meeting and going, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, just, just say your piece. Like, don't apologize for taking up space, for just existing and being there. And I think that's a big a big shift that is happening so much in being able to teach younger women that you not only deserve a place, but you should be at the head table. You need absolutely. to. Be. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you a hundred percent. And yet the, the, the flip side of it is, I don't know if there's anything wrong with apology if you're doing it in the right context. Yes. Sometimes that, that positions you as a leader, it positions you with power and confidence. I mean, it, it, there's a place for it. Yeah. But if you're doing it consistently because you haven't owned your own power, because you haven't owned your own voice, because you haven't owned your own right to be able to share, your belief systems, your thoughts, your values, your whatever, then yeah, by all means, I want a woman to release that idea of having to apologize for herself on a regular basis. Yeah. Just find the balance. Because I, it drives me crazy that people are either all black or white. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it, it, it's either you're going to be completely aggressive and assertive, or you're going to be completely quiet. I'm like, you know, there is a balance. Like you have to meet in the middle. You can't. There is a middle ground, and and you can have that. So you just have to learn how to read people enough to know when to be um, in your voice. Because there's certain conversations, like um, per perfect example. I had a situation last night where um, I was in a conversation with someone, and as they were talking. Sometimes you can be in a conversation, you know, this is not a conversation to have an argument in. Just let them actually have and believe whatever they want to believe. Because my grandmother used to say this all the time, and I, I have adopted the saying. Um, you can't argue with a fool because a fool is a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, argue with them. I love that. Well, and I think... Why argue with them? 
just going with that too, sometimes we want so much to be right and so much to be heard that we will argue with a wall because we it's it's just like stop like choose your battles and don't Here, here's the thing. Energy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't have time to argue with a fool. Let it go. <laughs> Who cares? Because you don't have time. Like Life is too short. Time is moving by much quicker every single day. You've got to be about living your life, serving your purpose, healing your family, leaving a legacy. Who cares about the stupid mundane things, especially for the ones that you know are not going to change their mind. If they are yelling and screaming and they've got their hands flying in the air because they're trying to get you to come along with them and believe what they want, honey, sit your butt down and go, thank you very much. I appreciate that and let it go. You don't have time. I I don't have time. I'm too old for this stuff. I, just, I, I love it. Like, so you don't have time. You got shit to do. Let's move it on. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I, maybe it's because I'm older. As I've gotten older, I've gotten to this point where like, I don't have time to deal with people who are going to, if you're not willing to hear my point when I've already started saying, you're trying to um, constantly combat what I'm saying, you're interrupting, then I, there's nothing for me to say because you've already made a decision. Why on earth would I waste my precious breath trying to convince you to come along my side? It's not going to work. I just know, now that you've given me a response, I have the opportunity to respond according to your response. And my response may not be something you like, but it's my obligation and my responsibility and my birthright to do it. My thing is, I'm going to try to argue with you. Love you. God bless you. Don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you. Bye. That's it. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my God. And here's the, is, is your entire thing is helping women become unlimited like becoming an unlimited woman and like you are you are walking this so you're not just teaching it because you need to learn it too it's like you you've gone through the shit and you've you've had this this and stuff. I'm still yeah. going through it let's don't don't put me in the i don't even want to put me in this little you know box and say oh she's a rock she's a come hell to the mill as long as I'm a human being, I'm still going to be going through the challenges that I'm going through. I'm still evolving. I'm still moving into my next level. And people don't even understand what your next level is. So there's four. And there's the fourth one is your, your highest transcendent level. I'm not there yet. I'm in the celebrity level trying to move into that level. Anyways, and I, and I say that because... I'm still learning what it means to be unlimited because if you are a triune being, your body, soul, spirit, or you have eight dimensions to who you are, your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, relational, those two go together. Um, you're a financial, you have a career, all of, and then you have the environment, you're part of the environment. All of these aspects of you um, influences how you're going to live your highest and best life. And so sometimes you can have three areas that are 100% fantastic, it's working well, you, you've mastered it, and the other five are all funky-wonky and they're not working in any kind of way, which basically means you're out of balance, you're out of alignment. So I may have accomplished, like I know all of my eight areas, I'm, I'm very clear on them, but there's still two areas that I can look at and say, hmm, they still need some work. So I still have to do my own internal healing. I have to do my own internal investigative work. I have to seek out my own coaches to help me go into my next level. I'm constantly evolving in becoming unlimited because I don't think you really become unlimited to, to your spiritual being again. When I get back to just being a spirit, that's when you're 100% unlimited. Until then, 
let me just get to at least 80 to 90 percent then i'll be really happy oh my god Dr. <laughs> i love you so much like i do i love this because you i mean i'm over here talking about how you're this amazing badass and you're like okay wait hold up like and Let's and you, you help people but you also show and i love that especially because this is what you guide women to do because so often we feel like oh well our coach has the shit together and if i don't have my shit together then right. who am i right and right. So you're showing that it's not like you said, and I agree with you, like we're never going to be perfect until we go back to the universe. Like that's yeah. what's going to happen. But um, it just, okay. So back to the original question, because I'm loving this, <laughs> but I really want to know now, like after now, I really want to know, like what, what was the biggest failure in either your business or your life that made you go onto this path and made you go, okay, I, this is my calling. I have to be honest, I don't think there's just one thing. I think it was a combination of several things that has happened in my life um, that helped me come to a place of awareness that something was out of, of balance. But I'll tell you what probably really activated it. Um, I luckily, and I didn't even see this, a friend of mine pointed it out to me, I got my doctorate in organizational psychology on 7-7-2007, that's the day I graduated. I didn't Ooh. know that. I didn't know that. My brain was so caught up in the dissertation and the defense, I didn't even realize that that's the day I actually got conferred, which basically means the school says you're now awarded your doctorate after you do your defense. Mm -hmm. So um, after I do the defense and I'm given the award as Dr. Anita, my mom and my uncle, because my family was tired of coming to my graduation, so they were the only two that showed up. <laughs> And um, after the award, you know, I'm talking to the, 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 the committee, the dissertation committee, which there were three individuals um, in the school, and they were, you know, congratulating me and saying, oh my gosh, what you did is fantastic. You're the only person who did this type of dissertation at the school. You wish you'd get published. You should do dot, dot, dot. My thought was, hell no, I'm finished. Burn this whole thing. I never want to see it ever in my life again. That was my original <laughs> thought. Like, you know how hard doing a dissertation is? You can keep it. <laughs> Just give me my little piece of paper and I'm out. <clears throat> so my family takes me out to, to lunch. I actually was uh, like late lunch, early dinner. And after the, the dinner, we go to my house. You know, I have a you know, beautiful two-story house. I bought it for myself as a, a graduation present. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking through the door, closing the door, and my house is dark. No lights are on. There was no one home, no one coming down the stairs to greet me, no one saying, congratulations, you did it. I walk into the house. I close the door. The house is dark. You can see the lights from the outside shining into my home. And I remember standing at the front door with everything in my hand, my cap and gown, my dissertation, my diploma, my purse in my hand, and I heard myself say, now what? Oh. I have put so much of my identity and I put so much of my worth and value in what I did. And it was from there that I started to have experiences after experiences that revealed that I was living a limited life. Oh, when man. When you're living someone else's requirements of you, someone else's expectation of you, someone else's demand of you, you are living a limited 
life. Wow. And I, the first, you know, I'm a psychologist. I've been a psychologist for years at that point. <clears throat> I instantly fell into a panic attack. My my knee, I remember my knees buckling and I fell to the floor and I'm hyperventilating on the floor having my very first panic attack. And my mind was going, so this is what my clients go through. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, I get it now. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. Intellectual perspective, but now I had my first physical uh, experience. And for those who have panic attacks, um, it's usually triggered by a huge thought. Something in their mind yeah. activates that physiological response because they couldn't find a solution. They couldn't find an answer. So it yeah. triggered the body into its fight or flight mode. So my fight or flight was flight, uh, flight at that time. And I fell into a panic attack and, and was sitting there sobbing uncontrollably because I could not see my future. Because my future had been one degree after the next. My Literally that moment. Pretty much in that moment, it had been one degree after the next. It had been job after job and excelling in each one of those jobs for years on a time. So all of my identity had been based on what I do. Well, if you take a step back and you start looking at the coaching world or the consulting world, it has conditioned so many of us as women to if we're not producing, if we're not hustling, if we're not showing up, if we're not doing it right, if we don't look like we've got a six-figure business, if we're not speaking on stage, if we're not doing A, B, C, D, we're doing it wrong. Oh my Somebody God. With us. And that creates those limiting beliefs and feelings and thoughts and experiences and keeps us in this vicious circle. And the next thing you know, again, you're broke, busted, and disgusted. And I just got to a point where it's like, I'm sick of it. So oh my God. I'm not, okay. So two things. It's not just the consulting coaching world. Like I was a graphic designer for a decade and a web designer and I have three degrees. I joke about how I have two and a half because I, I, I don't have a third degree because I refuse to take biology for a third fucking time. I'm like, I'm an artist, I'm a creative. I do not need another goddamn science class. So, but anyway, I digress because it was the same thing. It was, and I, and I continuously, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I felt like a failure because I was not at somebody else's point or view of what success actually was. And I always felt like a failure in my business. And so, um, I'm, I'm sure almost every single person listening is going, Oh my God, Oh my God. Like that's the same thing, right? Cause well, you're that's right. where the imposter syndrome comes from. Yes. That's where the imposter syndrome comes from, is from someone else's expectation of who we're supposed to be. That's, that's really what it's all about. Oh my God. If you can, we can step back and go, this is the year, 2020, I keep telling everybody, this is the year you have to redefine your purpose, your power, your position, and your prosperity. And it has nothing to do with what you think it has to do. It has everything to do with you coming to a place where you're finally giving yourself permission to say, enough is enough. I love you. I thank you for the experiences that I've had. I thank you for the input that you've given me, but I'm miserable. I'm frustrated. I feel empty. I am tired. I am exhausted. I am overwhelmed and I am broke and I'm no longer going to accept it. I got to come back and redefine everything for myself so that I can move into the next level for success in my personal life as well as in my business. Oh my I God. I love that. I literally just recorded a podcast last week about the imposter syndrome and you just answered that because that, oh my God, like that, 
And to go with the second point, the panic attack, I have had panic attacks and anxiety most of my life. And as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing that it's because my, my entire self-worth was so contingent on what others thought of me and whether or not I was doing a good enough job. Like I, I, I actually had, and I talk about it now, but it was really, really humiliating. I had PTSD from the computer and it was because I pushed and pushed and pushed. I was working 60 hour weeks and sleeping five hours a night because I thought I had to, to be yeah. this level of success that yeah. someone else put on me. Yeah. And, and like being able to release all of that, those panic attacks are real and they're terrifying. They and I yes, hate that people dismiss them like, oh, just breathe. Yeah. If I could breathe, yeah. I would, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, there is a part of breathing that does help, but if we really, you know, as a psychologist, when I was working or as a psychotherapist, when I was working with clients who were dealing with, I had a lot of anxious clients, so it had, it gave me an opportunity to really see kind of in between the lines, if you will, and mm -hmm. kind of look at what causes these issues. And so from my humble perspective, I, I really do believe that what causes people to fall into a panic attack or anxiety attack or anything like that is you haven't defined yourself. I believe it with every ounce of blood in my body. I'm like, you you have not defined you. It's been defined for you. And so what happens is your spirit that's already defined, but your soul that hasn't been defined intellectually, spiritually, mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, is trying to meet someone else's expectation. And you keep coming against this wall, trying to break through, hoping that if you break through on the other side, you'll get love, you'll get validation, you'll get acceptance. And what happens is that wall just keeps moving. You never really break through. It just keeps moving and it stays in front of you. So you're pushing harder and harder to get to it. And then you just eventually implode. Oh my God. Now, it falls into depression. Depression, there is a biological issue for both anxiety and for both depression. But depression at the core, I really do believe it has to do with you haven't been seen, you haven't been heard, and you haven't been loved, and you haven't been validated. Someone in there, <laughs> and so you fall, your spirit starts to, to crumble. And we weren't designed, we weren't designed to be alone. We weren't designed to do everything by ourselves. We weren't designed to suffer. We just, we're not. We're not, we're not, we're not. No one's going to ever convince me that we were. We have been conditioned into it because of our experiences. And I, just, I can, this is a soapbox that I can stay on for hours. So I'll just, And I'll I'm over alone. here for, because I mean, I'm, I'm watching you, but for people that are just listening, I'm sitting here with my hand on my face, like my jaw hanging open, just like enthralled <laughs> by this because it's, it's so true. And this stuff is so powerful. And I, I love that what you are doing is you are helping women break out of all of this and you are helping them find their power again. And yeah. it's just, it's, 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 it's my own journey. I mean, I'm not telling you something that I know just as a psychologist. This is me having yeah. to go through the metamorphosis process, having to go through all losses and having to go through self-hatred, self-pity, self-destruction, self, you know, thank God I didn't complete the suicidal attempts when I was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. but, you know, this, this, all these things that I have gone through to make me step back and see, wow, a lot of people are suffering unnecessarily. And if we can redefine everything, if we can get back to the basics, if we can come together 
um, in truth and in authenticity and vulnerability and in love. And if we as women, boy, if we as women could stop being so critical and judgmental and just mean to one another, we could change this world. It's true. I mean, like wow. in a month, like in a month, like absolutely. There's a meme that, that you said that. And this meme says, if we as women treated each other like drunk girls do in a bathroom, then the world would be a different place tomorrow. Like seriously, you're right. You're right. And I don't, so I want to ask you, what do you think? Because every female knows this inherently knows that this sisterhood this taking care of this nurturing thing is not a bad thing and when we are able to take care of each other right and it's a reciprocation then everybody does better and yet we live in this whole thing where it's almost like we we're taught to believe that if we don't compare ourselves if we're not mean to the girl that that has something like my favorite example is when you have a boyfriend and he cheats on you you immediately hate the girl as though she was the only person that was doing anything or that she was even aware of you before yeah. the man decided to step out right like so yeah. I, what it, not me, but yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I'm like I don't I don't go to her because my first responsibility is you knew better. Yeah. You you made a relationship with me, so you made a mistake here first because the good chance is you probably made her believe there wasn't another woman on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, will I look at her too? Absolutely. Because the moment she found out there was another woman, she should have said, "I'm out." Yeah, that's true. That's totally true, and I think a reason that some women don't is because of the same thing that we're talking about. They're taught that they're not good enough. And so like, it's okay to be the other woman and like, no, you deserve to be treated like a goddess. Like that's just stop it. All of, all of us do. It's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. There, there's, yes. there's too many little pieces to it that we can't make it a blanket statement. There's, there's so many other elements that need to be looked at. And you know, if, if the reason why I think a lot of women are still quote unquote in competition and judgment and maybe mean to one another because I'm a part of a large group and I still see some of the women so for example and this this may not be a great place to have it but I'm gonna bring it forward because I think you and I can have a great conversation absolutely on this let's do it <laughs> but you know, I heard a lot of women say some really discouraging things about Jennifer Lopez and Shakira when they did their Super Bowl performance yeah, and I chose not to watch it for a really long time because I really wanted to observe what were women saying. It was fascinating to watch some of the comments coming forward, and I'm not going to talk about the comments themselves, but I want to talk about. It's interesting that women are doing this from my perspective because what I witnessed was here we are saying the future is female. Here we are saying that 2020 is the year of the woman. And yet we still, out of the same breath, will attack a woman because she's showing up in her own voice. Her voice in her body, her voice in her dance, or her way her body moves, her sensuality. Where these women have claimed, whether you like them or not, because you know I, I don't like J-Lo or Jennifer Lopez, but I like Shakira, but I honor the talent and the gift in these women who, who have come to a place within themselves where they can say, I feel comfortable enough in this setting, maybe it wasn't the best setting, but in this setting to express myself fully and completely. Well, more power to her. Absolutely. So if, if I 
fascinates me that we still say we want to empower women, we want to help her correct her crown, we want to help her rise, and yet we'll attack somebody in the same you know, breath. So this to me is discouraging. This is where I'm like, the only reason we're attacking is because we still haven't claimed all of us have a right to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, you know, I come from, love my family, but I come from a very judgmental family. And mm-hmm. it took me having to become a therapist and work with all kinds of people with all kinds of crazy issues. It always sounded like I got the crazy ones. <laughs> That's what you used to tell me. The <laughs> I'm grateful for it now because now I can see because of all the variances of different types of cases that I work with and I work with really difficult kind of off the wall kinds of cases that when you peel all that outside stuff away we're all the same and we say it but sometimes I don't think we really understand the power of that truth and if we really allow ourselves to say, you know, I'm no different than you, except in the fact that maybe I'm taller, I'm African-American, who cares about the outside, but if you peel that apart, we're spiritual beings, we both have a heart, we both have dreams and desires, and this, we are a vessel to express the fullness of God, the masculine side of God, and the feminine side of God, and if we just allow that to be what it is without adding anything to it or taking anything away from it, we'd probably all be a whole lot happier. We're miserable. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. I agree with you 1000% because the the comments and and when I watched it, I just remember going, damn girl, like seriously, I mean, the fact that they could move like that, it just uh, let's forget about girl, their age. Please, if I could just second. get around a pole once, I'd be happy as right? a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of strength. Please. Oh my oh. god. Go ahead, girl. Right? Oh my God. And, and the thing that shocks me every single time is when they're like, oh my God, she did that at her age. And I'm going, no, no, no. She did that period. Like I couldn't do that at 20. I can't, I can't, I sure as shit can't do it now. Like, so, but stepping into the fact that they are so proud that they are Latina and being able to do the, the traditional Latina dances and like just own their culture. I think that's why one of the reasons why I launched her global voice is because I felt like the woman's voice wasn't being heard on the multiple levels of which we have voices. And so we've, we've got to allow ourselves to be heard at any kind of voice. I think if we can, as a nation, as a world, as a gender, if we can get to the place where we can stop judging ourselves, because we only judge others because we're still judging ourselves, whether it's conscious or unconscious there is some level of judgment there's some level of criticism there's some level of i'm not good enough that we're pushing ourselves hard enough or so hard that if we can't hit our own expectations then we expect someone else to hit theirs so that we can feel better about ours or help them not hit theirs so we can feel better about ours actually yeah Yes. And it ties into what we were talking about with the comparatonitis, right? Of being like, okay, well, your, your, um, idea of success may be eight figures and having a yacht and own your own private Island and a private jet and the whole thing. And for me, truly, honestly, my idea of success is my family is safe. I have my dream home 
that my bills are paid, I'm fed, and like it's not it's not this massive Oprah or or pink yeah. or whatever type of of success level. And because we've been taught that the only type of success is when you're Oprah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Or when you're, when you're uh, like a rock star or yeah. a super yeah. actress or I don't know, any of those elements. And, right. Right. and we, we diminish what truly makes our, us happy. And then we feel bad about it because yes. it's not what somebody else wants. And yes. so it's like this cycle. And then to, to look at somebody who like JLo and Shakira, who are stepping in, owning every ounce of who they are on such right. a massive platform. I almost feel like these women are going, okay, God damn it. They're stepping in and I'm still afraid to even say like I, I exist and I deserve to be here and I need my voice heard. And you know, but I think, I think what you said was so powerful right here. And, and I, I want to kind of talk about it a little bit. And that is if, if we could, the idea that a woman could define her success mm-hmm. and really be at peace with how she's defined her success. Mm-hmm. And once she gets to a place where she's at peace, like full embodiment peace about defining her success, however it feels, whatever it looks like, then she's comfortable allowing another woman to have a very different type of definition for success. Yeah. And I think what happens is we don't give each other permission to have the variances of definitions. No. I think it's because women don't define success. I don't think we've decided we want to be successful. So I'm glad you you were able to say, so I'm the I'm the eight figure, give me the big grand house, but I'm probably the one who says, but I want everybody at my house. I like want it jam-packed, I want you comfortable, I want you walking around in your slippers, I want you going into the kitchen and going to the cabins and get yourself a glass and and just being that comfortable in my home without uh-huh. making it dirty. You know, that, that's yeah. that's comfortable. people playing like wipe your feet. That's there's <laughs> Now, the flip side is, I, I want to be able to have a girlfriend who says, I don't want that, and I'm comfortable with it, and I celebrate that for her, mm-hmm. and saying, we're comfortable in the fact that we both want two different things, and we can still have a very powerful, intimate, loving, um, supportive relationship, rather than coming from a place of judgment, or criticism, or expectation, like you were talking about. I, I just think we put so much pressure on ourselves for no good reason at all, personally. True. It's totally true. Oh my God. It's so true. Oh, this has been the most amazing conversation ever. Okay. All right. So (laughs) Dr. Anita Jackson, CEO and founder of Unlimited Woman Alliance, her global voice in AMJ Productions and Publications. You quite literally to me are the epitome of a badass. And I am so very grateful that you have joined me today. So where, if people listening are like, oh my God, I need to communicate with this. I need to find this woman where, and I, in the show notes, I will list off your uh, social links and your website and everything. Um, Do you have any events or any products or anything that can help support people on your website or anything that's coming up that we need to talk about so people can show up because- Well, that's a great question because we do have quite a few things coming up. Right now, I'll say, um, you can always go to my website. There's one particular, I've kind of changed my business. I'm actually getting away from 
um, the coaching arena per se and, and say I will do some private VIP coaching, but my website is my name. So it's um, www.dranita, so D-R-A-N-I-T-A-M jackson.com so dr anita m jackson.com and what i'm focusing on this year is collaborations so a lot of events for women who want to be speakers so her global voice will be offering quite a few speaking opportunities if you're connected to me on facebook you'll see that we're now accepting applications for that because we want to get women on stages and we just got the approval today that um, we're going to be doing a women's the first ever women's expo taking place out here in ontario california at the Ontario Convention Center. They've approved us, and now we're going to start working with a lot of women, giving them workshops and then, you know, vendor booths and an opportunity for you to share your business, an opportunity. Because there are a lot of women out in our area, because I'm in Southern California, mm -hmm. out in the Inland Empire area, and um, they're constantly saying, there's never an expo out here. We never have anything that's just for women out yeah. in this area. So I'm the nut that loves to hear those kind of things and go, ooh, and I'll go do it. And I'll, do that's it. What I I'll do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love that so much. And, and that's why we're also from there. We're, we're working on, um, we're submitting our application um, to the Rose Bowl because in 2021, 2022, um, we're waiting for them to approve us. We're going to be doing a large women's event at the Rose Bowl out here in California. We're just waiting for their approval. So we've got a lot of big things coming up. So women, if you're out there and you want to be a speaker or if you are um, looking for an opportunity to share your voice, those are some opportunities. But if you're needing support yourself, my newest program, which we hope to get on my website today or tomorrow, and we're already doing it, is called um, the Unlimited Woman Her Hire, no, the Unlimited Woman Hire Success Emergent Program. It's a year-long process that does exactly what you and I have been talking about this entire time, where we're helping women step into their higher power so they can claim their purpose, they can claim their power, they can claim their position, and position is not necessarily a title, but the position that they place themselves so they can receive everything that they want, and then positioning them for a higher level of prosperity in their personal life by really helping them redefine who they are and their success so they can actually manifest it with results much more quickly because they're doing it on their terms rather than someone else's. You're fucking amazing. Oh my Aww. God. I just seriously <laughs> like, day. oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Oh, the juiciness is so, I'm so, I, I am, I am so thankful that, that you hopped on Probably. here with me today. It has been so awesome. Like I said, I will make sure all of those links and your website and all the ways for people to connect with you are in the show notes. And oh my God, Dr. Anita Jackson, everybody, thank you so so much for being here. Amanda, I loved talking to you. What a fantastic, fantastic conversation. You're an amazing host. You're a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to sharing this episode. Thank you so much. Very honored. Thank you. Thank you guys so very much for joining me today and for listening. If you loved this episode or hated it, I would love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at howtobeabadass-ish. And I look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Have a wonderful day.